This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, welcome to the Mess It Up Podcast. I am your host, the Bowtie Guy, and we are here sitting on show number, what is this other, 208. Uh, show number 208. We are glad to have you here. Don't forget to check us out on all of the normal places like Facebook and Twitter and uh, uh, Reddit. People have finally been checking our Reddit. We have been doing Reddit now for about two years, and I finally got people uh, checking in. And our guest today came to us from a, a, a plea I put out on Reddit saying, you know, it's just entitled, I need you. And he said, I'll do it. Um, this is uh, Benjamin from North Carolina. Hello. So uh, we'll be getting into the story for a little bit here, but I know you're all dying to know what our word of the week is. And our word of the week, this is a fun one. Um, I actually started the game word of the week when I worked at Starbucks, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. And one of my favorite employees brought this word when he was in charge of the, we actually did word of the day. And uh, his word was zeitgeist. So I thought we'll put zeitgeist in here. And zeitgeist is, uh, it's the mood or spirit of, uh, of a time in history uh, that you can see in like ideas and beliefs and the art of the time. So um, we like to be involved and hope that we're part of the zeitgeist of recovery today. So if you can use zeitgeist in your sentences this week, give yourself those 10 bonus points. Keep track of them yourself because I have no idea how to keep track of all your bonus points, but go ahead and spread the good word of zeitgeist out there. If you are interested in helping us out, we are 100% listener supported and funded. So you can go to messituppodcast.com, click on the become a patron button. That'll take you to our Patreon page. If you go Patreon, Patreon keeps 8% of what you give. Uh, we get the rest, so we give you a tax credit um, for 92% of it. If you want to do text to give, you can text the word mum, like uh, messed up ministries. So mum's the word to walls, C-A, W-A, I'm sorry, 760 walls, C-A, uh, and that'll take you to our text to give. That is 100% tax deductible, um, and we'll get you a, a receipt for that at the end of the year. But you are helping to, uh, to send missionaries into prisons in California to provide books. And I just talked to my guy with um, uh, Prison Fellowship today as I was driving, and it looks like we're finally going to get back into uh, the prison where we've been um, running some CR groups and some Prison Fellowship uh, studies here in April or May. They're going to have all of our guys signed up. So we're super excited about that. I'm looking at my arm right now. I got a, I got a, a TB test, and it looks like my TB test is good. So I'll be able to roll. And I also found out that I'm going to be able to uh, maybe do some speaking engagements uh, for prison fellowships. So that's kind of fun. But all of that, all of that brings me back to why I said this. It costs money. And so your donations help pay for gas and uh, getting people places. So uh, we we really appreciate all that you do. Thank you to all the, the givers who are out there and the donors. Once you become one of our donors, you get access to our Discord chat server and our book club. Uh, so you can read books with us. We're not reading my book, but my, my newest book just came out. It's called Piece by Piece. Check it out. It talks about sharing your testimony, which is what we're going to do now. So thanks for all that. Oh, I guess I should tell you how to get all of us too, right? I've been doing this so long, I always forget. Uh, uh, you can get a hold of us by sending an email to mess it up pod. Gosh, I'm trying to do too many things. I forgot to set my timer. Today's show is going to be long. Um, 
<laughs> bowtie guy at messituppodcast.com is the email, or you can text me at 760-608-1942 just to say hi or to uh, find out what's going on. Or uh, maybe you're in Southern California and want to meet up for some coffee, uh, whatever. Send me a text. I'm always bored, ready for, uh, for connections with people. And um, now, now, finally, Benjamin, I am ready uh, for your part of the show. This is Benjamin right. from North Carolina. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. So um, I said that you were our first person, the first person to answer from Reddit. And I have been trying to beat this Reddit drum forever. And I've done technology for most of my life. And back in about 2006, seven, somewhere in that time, there was this brand new thing called Facebook. Um, oh no, it was before that. It was like 2005, 2004, maybe. I was trying to get people to uh, hook onto Facebook and they're like, no, I like MySpace. It's great. Um, and then after that, I tried to get them to, to get involved with Twitter and said, you can do all this stuff. And nobody understood what it was. They're like, well, I already have MySpace and I got Facebook. Why do I need Twitter? Well, listen, I want you to get involved with Reddit. And that's where we met Benjamin. Benjamin, what made you have the gumption to just say, I'll do it? Because that was your response. I'll do it. Um, why did you respond? Um, I, before I get into all of the mess that I'm in today, um, I was using Reddit inappropriately. Okay. And because of that, I was familiar with the layout, the platform, how to search for things, how to find information. Um, I started to use the last several weeks for talking to people in the automotive industry that I'm in, um, primarily about EVs technology. And I started to think that there's so much more on this platform than just instant gratification. And that there, if there's a Celebrate Recovery on here, why not use that as an active way to participate in it? Because with the travel that I do for work, sometimes making CR meetings regularly is very hard. And I found Reddit as a way to help me keep that connection um, with people and with God through the Celebrate Recovery layout, let's say. It, it's, it's, um, it's an easier thing for me to do Excellent. for the time. And, and all of you can hear that he responded to Reddit. He did not die. He is still healthy and, and, and vibrant, so it won't kill you. Go out yeah. and check it. It's just R-E-D-D-I-T.com. Check us out. Messed Up Ministries um, is uh, is where we hang out, but we also hang out in the uh, the Celebrate Recovery Room and the Redditors in Recovery uh, subreddit. Those are the three that I spend a lot of time in. You might also see me in dad jokes, um, but uh, you probably already knew that I knew my dad jokes from Reddit. So, um, yep. Benjamin, enough tap dancing around. Uh, tell us your story. Let's, let's hear the mess. Well, um, I can start with where I'm at right now. I am in the beginning stages of a separation to a woman that I've been married to for nine years. And we were together for three before that. Hmm. Um, not all of my world is upside down, but all of the parts that you never realized involved that other person so much are now very, very in front of me. Um, for example, you may not notice that your wife cleans up from dinner every time until she stops cleaning up from dinner every time. Um, so adding things that she would do into my routine has been a, a, an adjustment, but also I think one in the name of appreciation. Um, it's 
it's a difficult time though without returning back to CR as fast as I did. I don't think that I would have this sense of peace and this sense of stability. Mm. Um, I was in CR previously when I lived in Cincinnati and I initially went to CR because I was terrified of winter. I was terrified of that season change. Um, I have a history of a lot of passings of relatives and very close friends through that time. Um, my sister is one of those passings um, from just a couple short years ago. And I thought, well, if, if this can help people with all sorts of addictions, and at the time I didn't think that I had, you know, an addiction. I wasn't drinking alcohol regularly. I wasn't using any sort of drugs. Um, you know, I didn't have a problem. Anyway, I started going um, and it was, it was different because I'm very accustomed to hang out with um, older gentlemen and older people. I was always attracted to things that older people were attracted to. Um, in case World War II, I volunteered at Frank Patterson Air Force Base for a number of years as a volunteer in the museum, mainly because the older gentlemen would just pick me out and just tell me their story. Um, and I always enjoyed that. So going into CR, I already had that kind of ability to sit and listen. I didn't know at the time that's why those gentlemen stopped to talk to me. That set up me being able to do CR. Um, it's been especially the, the group of men and women at Whitewater Christian Church in Cincinnati or in Cleveland. Um, those wonderful people and wonderful group and family at CR is has it woke me up that I was in danger, my marriage was in danger, um, my wife is in danger, my family is in danger. But it's not CR is also not there to fix you. Um, that is something you do with God and yourself. And sometimes not everything you can fix yourself, God needs to fix it. Mm. And I feel that I'm entering a time that I've got to I got to take my hands out of the toolbox and it's very hard for me to close it because I'm a naturally wanting to help, wanting to fix person. And I have to let God do this. And regardless of the outcome, I have to trust that his plan is what this is about. And I need to put my own personal wants, wishes and things to the side because I also have to admit those personal wants, wishes got me in a whole lot of trouble Yeah, and all unnecessary trouble yeah I, when i uh got out of jail the first thing i wanted to do is get everything fixed in my life and uh you know i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna lose my wife if i don't fix this marriage and my probation officer and the ladies at the the um the counseling that i was required to go to they're like no you gotta fix yourself first you're no good to anybody yes. if you're not healthy you're just gonna fall over and it's just all gonna come tumbling down again so you've got to take a chance fix yourself and then once you're healthy, then fix things with your wife or with your life, however that looks. But that was a difficult, difficult lesson for me to learn. Um, so you said you came into uh, summer recovery uh, initially, your fear of winter, and then yes. you realized some other things. How long did it take for you to realize other things in your life and start working on those in your CR journey? The first meeting. Oh, nice. uh, it, was, it was the first, it was the first small group and what the men were sharing 
not everything hit home, but I felt very comfortable in sharing where I was at. Yeah. And the, the acknowledgement that was in the room from a lot of them that has been where I'm at was a huge, like, like, I don't want to say setback, but a huge, like, revelation that it's not that I didn't know other people get divorced. It's not that I didn't know other people get married, have, you know, good times, bad times. I just thought that, I guess my situation was more unique than it was. And it turns out that it was, I don't want to say it was blatantly common, but because other men had gone through this, I had a, a very overwhelming piece that, you know, as they were taken care of, they've come out of it. Um, large, large majority of them have amazing lives that some will attest that if those things didn't happen, they never would develop to the person that they are for God today. Absolutely. Um, it really taught me to, to be open to other possibilities than, you know, replace a ball joint and have your car drive straight again. It's not yeah. that, I, very quickly, it's not that simple of a fix. You just don't change one nine volt battery for the other one when what you're powering is the problem. And a lot of the time I learned very quickly through CR that what I was powering was the problem. My motivations, the bad ones, especially to do wrong things have a lot of root in my upbringing and not that I thought my upbringing was, I don't want to use the word bad, but wasn't exactly right. Wasn't until I started to do CR. And I realized that the alcohol that got brought into the home in my early adult years had gotten me to, I didn't want to be at home anymore. Um, mm -hmm. Anybody who needed anything fixed with their car, I was Johnny on the spot, anything to get out of the house. Um, school projects became like my, my big thing to do because my parents would let me go do that. Mm -hmm. But if it had anything else that wasn't school, because they were so fixed that my value, it felt like my value to them was only based off a letter grade from a system that I didn't necessarily agree with. Yeah. Um, so it got, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, as a child, get positive attention and I'm winning awards and I'm, I'm winning races physically when I would run or I would compete. And then the whole car drive home would turn out to be, well, you broke your stride at this point. It became so micromanagement that I just stopped having interest in any and anything and everything because I got so old of the ridicule, right. um, especially when I was younger, you know, in building Legos and, and I would follow the instructions and, you know, put it together and okay, that's great. And then I would take it apart and do my own thing with it. And I would get ridiculed for that enough that I started to develop a an emotional attachment attachment to inanimate objects. Um, stuffed animals was one of them. A couple books was one of them. I had a model airplane that I built was one of them, and they kind of like very quickly filled spots with friends. Um, I was told when I was six that I was adopted, and at the time, I thought, okay, these aren't my real parents but then these people are my real parents okay you know i thought okay whatever i'm 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 six i don't have to figure this out um it was a couple of years later that i would get ridiculed for it and other kids would say you know well it's nice to know that i look like my dad 
or it's mm -hmm. nice to know, you know, my dad and I share common interests. And over time, that really started to, to wear me down negative, negatively um, that I started to think, you know, well, well, why would God take a child away from their mother? Why would God break up a family like that? Mm -hmm. um, I didn't necessarily hate God for it, but I always questioned, I started to always question his motive. Um, I did a lot of time in Catholic school um, in Ohio, more so than New Jersey. And I got into um, being an altar server. And any mass that needed anybody, especially if it was during normal school hours, my name was first on that list because mm -hmm. I could go serve for the um, priest and not have to go to classes I didn't want to go to, like math or art or whatever <laughs> was in that rotation. I would just sign up for, for altar serving. Um, I had felt a very different satisfaction from serving at church than I did in building airplane models or than in, in doing any of my hobbies. Not to say that my hobbies weren't satisfying, but they weren't fulfilling. Yeah. Um, but, you know, being 10, 12, 14, you, I, I had no idea what, you know, all that was about. Right. Um, but it was really when the alcohol got brought in a, a couple of years later that it just did. I know I was very confused. Uh, my parents were not very big. If you think of like, think of the old black and white John Wayne movies. Um, when I was a little kid, I used to watch tons of those. And John Wayne always played the tough chin character that never cried, no emotions, don't make friends. You know, and, and I, at the time when I was trying to make friends and I'm hearing this and I'm watching war movies, I learned a very dislocated attachment to what actually making friends was. Mm -hmm. um, so that obviously didn't, didn't help my case at the time. Um, with the alcohol, fights at home were very frequent. Um, my parents were so for me going to college that if I was caught working on my car, and my car wasn't like the prettiest thing going, but if I was caught working on it, um, I would expect my tools to be all over the front yard or my toolbox would be about a half mile down the street. Mm. Um, so on the bright side of that, I learned how to diagnose cars and repair them very, very quickly. Quickly, yeah. yeah. That is now a gift that, you know, the phoenix out of the ashes, so to say, that now my career right now is heavily based on that. And I can sit in anything and in 10 minutes tell you it's XYZ. And I love that ability. I can't say I love how I learned it, but I'm glad. Right. Yeah, the knowledge is always uh, good. Sometimes the learning is, is a difficult uh, part of that. Um, well, I'm going to give us a little bit of a break here because I could use a little, uh, a little beverage, and we're going to throw it to the, uh, our song of the week. We'll come back on the other side of it to, uh, to talk more and look at the, the message from the mess here uh, with Benjamin. But we're going to give you about 90 seconds from Sanctus Real, this is My God is Still the Same, and uh, we'll be back on the other side to tell you our thoughts. So here's Sanctus Real.
So there you go, Sanctus Real. Um, Benjamin, uh, tell us your thoughts on this song. Um, the one of the the lyrics that hit me the first time I listened to it was, "So I'm gonna trust you and give you everything." Mm. And I remember hearing in my first probably six months of CR of of these of these men surrendering, and it was a very scary foreign feeling to me like what do you mean i let go of the steering wheel of life and kind of like enjoy the ride like wait, what is enjoying the ride let alone like letting go of the of the control of your own decision making but through cr and, and especially this song giving everything and trusting that the direction that your life is going in if you don't put your own two cents in end up significantly better than you ever pictured it to be and i'm coming back to cr um, a move was part of my distance um, and me just not just wanting to to isolate i had felt i had things under control i had no seasonal issues whatsoever living here i got this um, <laughs> yeah versus yep versus oh i had that happen to me um but i had no seasonal issues you know i thought that you know I felt that my wife and I were doing great. Kids were adjusting well. It was like, hey, this is this is all right. Like I've I've got this. And then there the rug went out and I went, uh-oh. Um I've seen and especially through this song, it's God has always been a constant, not for me, but for everybody. Um, looking back and especially using the time at CR to see that, you know, the bad things, the ultimate bad things that didn't happen and what I've been able to, to learn from it up to this point is, is wisdom from God. But I had to really work on sitting on my hands and not putting my own two cents into the machine and just let God put the quarters in it. Yeah. And for me, um, I, I, I I love the idea of God being the same because I know God has worked for me in the past and I've had this yo-yo thing. And I always tell people that, you know, I've been uh, in cellular recovery for close to 20 years now, but the step that I've worked the most has been the third step because I give them the control and I take it back and I give it and I take it back and I give it. It's almost like I put the control on a yo-yo and I'm just like playing yep. psych with, with God. And he's still the same though. And I know that when he worked before and I take that control back, if I give the control back over, he's going to be consistent. He's going to be faithful. He's going to, 
do what he does. That's what God does. He just does what he does. And I just need to trust God and trust the process. And every time I do, it works out. So, you know, the odds are in my favor. That's, that's a big, it was a, the number one push why I ran literally back to CR when the separation was, was, I don't want to say agreed upon, but when the separation was, was brought up, um, I knew I couldn't go back to cars. I couldn't go back to inanimate things. I, I needed to go back to God and I know that I need to stay there. Yeah. I'm not to say that my life would be completely different. Everything would be sunshine and rainbows had I did, but I know that the mess that I'm in right now, I have to say is I need to own the responsibility for my part of it. Right. And understand where my part and my involvement not necessarily could have been better or could have been different, but where my previous life had affected that. And then how do I work with my previous life in my present to cope with it, but not make it the monster that has done so much damage in the past. Yeah. I remember when I first started getting into cellular recovery, I was trying to figure out how to get my stuff back. I wanted my stuff back. Mm, and yes, you know, my fall caused me to lose career it caused me to lose most of my friends a lot of family members and um, any good standing I had in the, the town I couldn't get a job people wouldn't give me a job because they didn't want that guy working for him and so I just wanted my stuff back and I remember when it finally dawned on me I used to have that stuff and when I had it it wasn't good enough for me I, would, I wasn't yeah. satisfied I was looking for something better than that stuff so if I get it back everything back, I'll screw up again and probably do the exact same stuff. So that's when I stopped my quest for my stuff. And I just started looking to see, all right, God, what do you have for me? And, and it's absolutely right. I, I don't, I'm not glad that I did what I did to get where I am. I'm not glad about that because I hurt a lot of people, but I am super glad that God put the safety net out for me and caught me. And I would not be on the path that I am now doing the podcast, writing books, being in prison ministry. Um, I wouldn't be on that path if it hadn't been for all of the stuff that God allowed me to go through. Because my prayer in that holding tank at the police station was, God, get me out of this and I'll never do it again. And when I walked into the courtroom, God, just make this go away and I won't do it again. And yep, when I make took me back, like God, and God was like, son, no, you've got to bake. You're not a cake yet. You're just cake mix. But after a while in the oven, you'll be cake. And then we've got something. And, and I'm, I'm super grateful for that understanding. And I, I understand the verse from Joel about getting the things back. You know, I lost my daughter because of my, my actions when she was eight. She never knew my wife and I, my ex-wife and I, she never knew us married. She just always lived with dad. And when I, you know, got locked up, my ex-wife came, took her and she was out of my life for, you know, eight more years before I even heard from her. But now I get a call from her several times a week. Her daughter, my granddaughter, picks up her phone and calls me because she likes to call Papa and just find out what's going on. And God has restored what the locusts have eaten. And I never got that before. I was like, oh, that's a bunch of hooey. But I've seen it. And I understand the peace that passes understanding because I can't explain it, but it's there. And I understand that renewing 
from Romans 2, that renewing of my soul uh, and my life. So yeah, it's a good walk. I don't, I don't want anybody to follow on my footsteps, but by golly, if we're on the same trail, walk where I'm walking, because if this idiot can do it, you can too, you know, and, and I'll, I'll find the mines. You wait and see if I blow up, don't walk there. But, um, you know, if I don't blow up, you're safe walking where I'm walking. Absolutely. There was a, another <laughs> line in the song that, that I have been thinking about a lot as you know, our conversation has progressed. When did he lose his power? And it makes me think of why did I think I had any in the first place? Yeah. Um, it's life is an ever changing thing. Some of it you like, some of it you don't. But the one constant that has always been, at least in my life, that I can attest to as God's presence has always been there, my willingness to accept that is. Mm where some of my per se struggles lie again, like letting go of the steering wheel. But I have to say the times that I have, it's, it's, been, an, it's been a better outcome. But that, that kind of uh, pride almost that, you know, God's got the plane up in the air and I'm just gonna fly it all around the sky now. Yeah, nope, nope. <laughs> That's not, uh, you're not blue angel number six today. No, and it's tough. I mean, when, before my daughter got married, um, uh, my middle daughter, she married a guy who had a pilot's license. So he took me up uh, a couple of days before the wedding. He took me up flying. And uh, my youngest daughter was in the back seat of the plane. And uh, she doesn't like flying, but she went anyway. And so she had finally gotten calm. We're flying up above uh, the sky. We took off out of San Diego and we're above Saint El uh, Lake Elsinore. And so Dave turns over and goes, hey, man, you want to fly it? And I was like, uh what he's like yeah you want to fly and i was like okay and so i he gave me the wheel and i feel my daughter behind me grab the the seat and she was like not happy with that and i took it and so i did it and i said well what do i do and he said just you know just like driving a car so i did a half a turn went around the lake and came back and i said okay you know what i'm done because i knew i could pretend to drive for a little while i could fly but i couldn't get the thing off the ground and i couldn't get it back down on the ground nicely um and I needed someone better than me and I need God. I mean, when we landed, it was a pitted windshield on a Cessna flying into the sunset in San Diego. Couldn't see squat. And Dave just put <laughs> that thing down like you'd, you know, set a baby down in their crib. It was just gentle as could be. And that's what God does. You know, I'd crash it. God makes awesome landings every single time. So I got to keep remembering that. Yes. Yes, I when I try to land the plane, I uh, I do not have uh, I do not have the the success that my mind wants me to believe or the devil wants me to believe that that I think I do. Yeah, and it's it's not a I always used to perceive it as like a, a lack of self confidence, but it's not. It's confidence that you are doing the right thing for you and for God and not you doing the right thing to please other people or other people's mm -hmm. approval and, and things of that matter. Yeah. So what do we look at as, as what, what's the, the, the message? What's, what's the hope in the future for Benjamin? I mean, right now you're still kind um, of in the midst of it. Yes. Um, I, if anything, I think looking back, I'm going to see this as this was more of a longer beginning than what I'm living through now, but mm. this is 
it's not just a time for me to panic about what life is going to be like in six months or a year or five years from now. That's I need to remind myself that that's not all of my decision. Um, I know that staying with CR will help me develop further of myself. I'll be able to also hopefully help others. Hopefully this podcasts can reach people that, you know, may have had, you know, issues of their past and they're still living with very different ones for me today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's God being the, the constant. And if you keep God, the constant, I won't say that you'll have this, you know, roses are pretty life, but you'll be able to go through things easier. You'll be able to go through things with people who are better for you for that time frame in your life. Um, yes, here you can run around and do whatever you want on Reddit and Facebook and MySpace. And at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to bed and the last thing your thought was was what was on your phone screen, yeah, you're. I have learned that I was missing out on a lot of life, right? And I had done that, right? And this song really, it it also hits me that. You know, yes, I've I've left God and come back and left God and come back. And my arguments for why I left God or, or questioned him were me trying to re- retake or regain that control. And for right now, I need to work with myself and work with God and work with Celebrate Recovery to keep me more in the the viewer's seat of the ride. Yeah keeping getting my hands too involved in this, you know, as past performance has shown without God first, it's, I will make a mess of it and he will may make a mess of it um, in my view or my perspective, but at the end of it, it won't be, it won't be the mess that I think it is in the beginning. So uh, your gut feeling, is that, is that scary outlook to, to know that you're going into this with no control or is it, um, is there peace there? There's, there's a lot of peace there. There's peace that I haven't felt for a very, very long time. Um, I know that if I take, if I put myself back in that driver's seat, it'll be four to six weeks before things are just not, <laughs> I don't want to say better or worse, but they're definitely not where they're at now. And I can say that when I've stuck my hands in things to make them better or take the, the flight yoke over, it's putting the plane down that, that I struggle to do by myself. And I don't want to repeat this. I don't want to repeat my same mistakes. Um, the constant of God and the constant of Jesus is where I really, really need to focus. I also need to focus on keeping that there. And, you know, this song, this conversation, and I know that staying in CR will help me to maintain that focus, um, not just for me, though, but for my kids, who I'm, I'm very concerned. This will be a very confusing time for them. And yeah. we have all prayed together. Um, our quality time together has, been, has never been better. The communication with myself and the kids has never been better. There's a lot of good, solid, you know, little plant growth that's coming out of this. 
And instead of staring at just the dirt that's left, I'm choosing to see what could be flowers. Nice. And, and I love that word choice uh, because, you know, everything that I do ultimately is my choice to, to mope, to get up, to celebrate, to be in denial, to be in reality, to accept things, to make them anything I do. I have the choice whether I do it or not. And um, sometimes, you know, things happen to me that I didn't choose to happen, but, but my reaction is always the choice and the only control that I have um, over things. So yeah, that's a good point. Well, um, any parting shots before we uh, wrap this up? Um, a thank you to God, first of all, for what has happened in my life up to this point. I feel that it's necessary to give thanks for that because despite mm -hmm. the, I don't know, small downturns of like early childhood and early adulthood, he has given me the opportunity to learn from that and to better myself for that, for myself and for however shape my family come to this. Um, staying, let's say, peaceful and keeping that an objective uh, is going to be a good challenge, but it's also going to be a challenge that will have those small rewards along the way, a lot like fixing cars did for me. Um, learning that balance and staying with that balance will, will definitely help me to not stay mistake-free. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a person, but I can definitely have a choice of not repeating the detrimental ones from me trying to win. Right, right. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you having the boldness to do it. And listen, people, Benjamin is still alive. We got all the way through it and he's still alive. So you can answer us. You can tell your story. You can uh, bury your soul. And uh, so far, we have zero deaths on the air. Uh, so we're <laughs> hoping to, to maintain that. Uh, God is good for us. Uh, let me just remind you of a couple of things. The email, if you need to get a hold of the show, or if you've got an idea, or if you want to share your story, you can email me at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. You can also uh, shoot me a text or a phone call at 760-608-1942. Don't forget to use Zeitgeist in your conversations. 10 bonus points every time you use it correctly. And if you want to financially support the show, uh, you can go to our Patreon page and you can get to that by uh, clicking on the become a patron button on our website, messituppodcast.com. Or if you want to do the text to give option, text the word mum to 760-WALLSCA. Uh, send some people. Look, you can do what everybody has been wanting to do for a while. Send Paul back to jail. Um, and uh, you'll be uh, benefiting myself and uh, being a, a huge blessing to the guys on the inside as well. So uh, Benjamin, thank you for your boldness, uh, for stepping out on the limb with us. We appreciate it. Very and, happy to be here. Um, uh, all you listeners, thanks for being out there. Don't forget to share the show with your friends. Give this to someone who needs to hear it. Uh, check out the books. Uh, Still in Beta is on um, Apple Books and Amazon. And Piece by Piece is also out there for you to get. Uh, so um so there you go. If you're interested in autographed copies of the book, you can uh, send me an email and I can get you one and mail it to you that way. Uh, we can work around uh, the post office and um, have some fun. But 
I guess we got nothing to do, but say we'll see you next time. We mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time. We mess it up. Mess it up.